If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Calls Cloud Business Phone Service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Conservative, not bitter indeed. You're listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. And I am your host, Todd Huff. Email, 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 Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. Questions, thoughts, comments, opinions, whatever. Just make it count is is all I ask. Adoration and praise also will be accepted. (laughs) <laughs> we got some disinfectant wipes that you can see in the in the shot doing our best to clean things off here, do our part. Talk a little bit about coronavirus today as well. Welcome to the program. Facebook.com slash Todd Show should you want to watch the program live or on demand this morning. So lots of things to discuss. We've got Schumer on the Senate floor. Um, I suppose you could say kind of apologizing, but not really. We've got that to talk about. Warren drops out. Elizabeth Warren drops out of the race. My cousin Liz got some thoughts about that as well. We've got Bernie um, talking with, I think it was Rachel Maddow, about dropping out of, well, not dropping out, whoever, saying whoever has more delegates at the convention should be the nominee. <clears throat> and, you know, look, it's, it, I don't know exactly, there's a couple ways to interpret what he's saying. So we've got that to talk about, coronavirus update. And, of course, Trump was on uh, Fox News last night, town hall, which is, look, a different feeling, a different feeling than what you get from Trump on stage at one of his rallies, which, of course, has become kind of his, I don't know, what do you want to say, his uh, signature events. Trump up on stage going to, uh, (laughs) off script, going into extemporaneous uh, oration up there on stage. So we've got a, uh, a lot of things to talk about here today, but let's start. Let's start with Trump in this in this town hall. Um, Trump is hasn't even started campaigning yet, really. If you ask me, Trump has um, really only well he he has campaigned in the sense that anytime there's a Democratic caucus or primary or whatever the case may be. He holds a rally in that state the night before the caucus and rally. This is what Chris 
Hayes of MSNBC finds very intimidating. You ever wonder, I mean, the wimpiness, the total wimpiness of some of these commentators, some folks in politics. I mean, that is, you know, the, the term snowflake was des- de- designed, was, that is exactly what they had envisioned when, when the person who coined the term snowflake came up with. You know, it's snowing outside. Thank goodness it's too warm here for that now. Didn't get much snow, although I don't want to speak too soon here in central Indiana. Didn't get a whole lot of snow this winter, thankfully. Knock on wood. Hopefully we don't get more. But, you know, you see each snowflake's got its own shape, and you've heard the whole every snowflake's like its own fingerprint. But you pick up an individual snowflake, and you can't really examine it for long because your body heat... Your body heat melts that sucker upon touch, practically, right? I mean, this snowflake just disintegrates. It turns into water, really, with the touch of a hand. And that's effectively what we've got from some of these, I don't know, radical leftist commentators. I mean, there's folks across the political spectrum that that become snowflakes, metaphorical snowflakes. But to say, to say, as Chris Hayes did, as he was trying to encourage his audience, trying to remind them that, that whoever the Democrats nominate can beat Trump. I mean, it was kind of a pathetic performance here a couple of weeks ago. I think he was in New Hampshire when that happened. We played the soundbite. But Trump's only campaigning, that's to the point here, his only campaigning so far is when he goes and does, and I would do this every time, kudos to his team. To his team, Trump probably has, you know, is maybe the one who who is the one saying we're going to do this. But whoever's organizing this, we need more of this, and I think we will see more of it as we go through the remaining primary uh, for the Democrats and, of course, as we move headlong into the 2020 general election, which is, you know, in one sense, it's light years away, but in another sense, it's right around the corner, folks. So anyway, we haven't really seen Trump. You'll see Trump do occasional interviews, but you haven't seen Trump in this setting really yet, sitting down on stage uh, talking with a couple of moderators or interviewers, whatever you would like to call them, Brett Barron, Martha McCallum, Fox News, and just having a discussion, right? Just discussing issues of the day, audience in Pennsylvania, swing state, a state that Trump won in 2020, wasn't supposed to win it. Thankfully, he had the help of Russia and Vladimir Putin and Pokemon Go ads and Twitter ads and Facebook ads so that he could trick enough people in Pennsylvania. Remarkable how this ad campaign worked. Trick enough people in Pennsylvania into voting for him. By the way, I had a friend. I had a friend who posted something yesterday. I don't look. I go on Facebook for you. For those of you who like to interact on Facebook, I I do that. I do that with you. Um, But Facebook in itself, I'm not a big fan. I don't go on there. I don't go looking for stuff. I... I consume my news in a lot of different ways, and that's not really one of them. I just don't get into the Facebook scene. That's just not that's not me. Now, for those of you that are on there, you can message me. I'll message back more than likely. Give me some time because we can. There can be a lot of stuff sometimes. But anyway, um, not really not really my scene. But I had a friend yesterday who posted something to the effect, and maybe I should look it up to get it to get it right. But effectively he pointed out that we're supposed to believe we're supposed to believe that 
Trump colluded with Russia on Facebook ads or whatever it was in 2016, and he somehow got voters to change their votes, and they were tricked effectively, as we've pointed out on here, into voting for Trump. But yet somehow Bloomberg can drop a half a billion dollars on ads and not even do anything but help, some would argue, President Trump. And others would say help uh, Joe Biden. Others would say he got exactly what he wanted because now Bernie's not in the driver's seat, whatever the case may be. But the bottom line is he's not the nominee. He's out of the race. Somehow he can drop a half billion. Why wouldn't he have just hired the same folks that that Trump did, right? No, it's just it's it's craziness to, for me to think as someone who has a background experience with with advertising to think that this is what many people think happened. Anyway, so Trump's out there sitting down talking about issues kind of in a you know a conversational way. And remember he's not campaign yet. That's important to point out because what's something that's kind of, I think, simmering in the background here that we haven't discussed in a while, but that's still sitting out there. In fact, you you may have seen articles lately talking about the resurgence of this, but it's the issue of, of Hunter Biden. The real problem with Ukrainian, well, the, the real Ukraine problem comes with the Bidens and Ukraine. And this is something that's been, of course, brought up, but the only thing we've heard about it is that everybody's looked into this and nothing was there. This is a this is a debunked theory, right? That's what they tell us. They've not told us why it's debunked. They've not told us what was specifically looked into. They've not asked us, or they've not told us what the actual, uh, the, the, the total totality of the allegations and the questions that have raised uh, have been raised really are they just said there's nothing to see here trust us we have your best interest in mind we are the media and the democrat party we would tell you we would tell you if something inappropriate was happening reminds me reminds me of bill clinton circa 1998 with monica Lewinsky. remember this of course you remember this and if you're too young to remember this you've read about this in the history books but Bill Clinton, the reason I thought of this is I just saw an article yesterday where Bill Clinton said effectively that the reason he was with Monica, and I don't want to get into all that this morning, but the reason he was with Monica was because of the stress of the jo- the stresses of the job. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I just had some stress on the job. Called Monica in the office. I mean, come on. But this is what he's saying. But remember... The whole reason we even really know about this, you go back to Drudge, Matt Drudge, where Drudge kind of kicked off his career. He's the one that broke this stuff. You wonder what would have happened had the media had the grip on, or excuse me, the, 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 the left had the grip in the media. These alternative forms of media were not, uh, if they didn't exist, what we even would have known about that, right? On all the, the folks who were trying to get the attention of folks and I mean that whole story there's a whole story to that but it makes you wonder so the point is Trump hasn't pushed this yet so last night last night at the town hall Trump kind of teases it a little bit teases this whole Joe Biden Hunter Biden thing as it now appears that Joe Biden might be the well who knows at this point but many are thinking he's going to be the nominee he's certainly in the I guess you could say the driver's seat at this point, but here's what Trump has to say about that last night at the town hall. Look at the son. Here's a guy, didn't have a job, 
was unfortunately, sadly, the military was a very sad experience for him. He goes out, he gets $3 million plus $183,000 a month to be a board member of a company that a lot of people said was corrupt. Worse, just as bad, China. I just made a great China deal. China's paying us billions and billions of dollars because of what I did to them with tariffs. Billions of dollars. I mean, to a point where my farmers are in love with me because I took some of that money, gave it to them. But his son walks out of China with a billion and a half dollars for a fund. Now, a billion and a half dollars for a fund means he's going to make hundreds of thousands of dollars a year and much more than that. Look at the son. Here's a guy. So. He's just teasing that. He's just starting that. Remember, no campaign yet. Not really. He's out doing rallies. Everyone's paying attention to all the all these jokers in the Democrat primary field. Of course, they've they've dwindled significantly. Everybody's focused on who won which state. They don't even really focus on who has more more delegates. Everyone's focusing on the state of the Democrat Party. But this is percolating in the background. This is this is ready to be <laughs> dealt with in a uh, in only ways that Trump can do. From the bully pulpit to the podium, you know, the, the the stages where he's holding these rallies to the interviews he's going to undoubtedly book and continue to hammer this point home. He'll probably come up with some nickname, maybe a new nick nickname, a variation of a nickname to make his point. Again, it's just important to, to point out with where we are at this particular junction. He is, Trump hasn't even begun the process of campaigning really yet. He's starting to toy with it. He'll have his rallies. He's trying to keep the base energized, but he hasn't really taken off the gloves yet. He hasn't really gone into full campaign mode yet. And that, I'm telling you, is the game changer. That is when whatever polls we see today, whatever uh, projections, prognostications, reading of the tea leaves, all that stuff, whatever they say today, it will be a different story. It will be a different story as we get closer to this election. And we're just beginning to see just a, a taste of that last night. I want to talk a little bit more about this town hall with Trump when we get back. Also want to talk um, about the Democrats and where they stand and some panic in the party. Play some sound bites from that as well. Lots of things to get to today here on this busy, busy Friday. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. Be back in just a minute. So here we have Trump last night, Fox News Town Hall, different environment, just kind of teasing, teasing the campaign, talking about some issues. This has been, you know, it, it's been dominated by what the Democrats think about issues, what they think about free this, free that, Biden curing cancer, Biden curing Alzheimer's, Biden curing, what else is that? I always forget, diabetes. Diabetes, you all can thank Biden for that. By the way, if you have any uh, health conditions or know someone who has a health condition and you want Biden to take this up, if you want him to focus on your particular health issue, something, um, you can just write him 
he'll take care of that. Um, I'm just waiting for them to go ahead and uh, make all cancer illegal, um, sickness and death illegal in this country, and just tell us that Biden's going to come in and, and save the day. But he's only going to do this. He's only going to do this if he's elected president. You know, you might think, for those of you that have a heart out there, you might think, hey, Joe, if you've got the cure for cancer today, today, I know you're not president yet, but man, throw us a bone. Give us, give us some, you know, help us out here because there are people that could use this, uh, th- this help. I mean, it's, it's really pathetic. I joking tease about this, but it's, it's truly pathetic that someone would campaign on something like this. I think it's, you know, it's good to keep a, a sense of humor about this because the things that they tell us government can do, when I say to you, the radical left believes that, the, that government is the closest thing they have to God and religion, I am not exaggerating. Now, it's not every person that's a Democrat. I'm not saying that. Please don't misunderstand. I'm talking about the radical left, those who believe that government holds the solution to all things, that government can do whatever uh, whatever needs to be done, if only people like me and you, people who you know talk about these antiquated notions of liberty, what are we talking about, right? I mean, these things, liberty, no, 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 you need to fall into line. Marx had it right. You'll actually hear some of these people. I had people tell us in college, professors, the reason communism failed wasn't because of the ideology. No, no, no. It was because they didn't have the benevolent dictator. They just didn't find the right leader. They didn't have enough time. Given enough time, this would have taken this would have been total utopia by this point in human history. People like Biden would have cured cancer, would have cured Alzheimer's, would have cured diabetes, would have cured whatever else. They've a coronavirus would have been cured, would even be one probably if the uh, if utopia had been ushered into earth by the lovers of big government, those who tell us that they can do all things if we only give them more control, more power, more money. Anyway, Trump hasn't gone after these guys directly a whole lot yet. I mean, he does. He does, of course, on stage. He does, of course, on stage. And a lot of people don't like how Trump does it. <laughs> but a lot of people love how Trump does it, too. And my guess is that the vast majority in the audience listening to my voice right now, you love how Trump doesn't back down. You love how Trump has a fight. I said in 2016 during the primary season that there are two main problems with the Republican Party back at that time. And it's still true today, by the way. And I don't want to number them in this in – this, uh, for the sense of priority, saying that one is more important than the other. These these kind of go hand in glove. But the two issues are, A, Republicans are often not conservative enough. B, Republicans are often too wimpy. And so we had candidates come out on stage, and you know, there were some conservative candidates and that was a good thing. The Republic, seeing conservative candidates talking about things that, well, that have made America great, things that are important to to our constitutional republic, those are in, encouraging things. And we heard that from a whole wide variety of candidates. But when it came to the issue of, of not being a wimp, of, of someone who is truly fearless, tough, unstoppable, unfazable, there was one clear winner. The rest of them were a, at best a distant second and probably a distant third. And that is not meant to 
malign anyone else up there. I just think that we have a force here with Donald Trump when it comes to his willingness and ability to stand and face the fire and not just withstand the attacks, but actually part of me thinks to, to thrive on the attacks. Part of me thinks the guy looks forward to this. The, the guy relishes the opportunity to stand in front of Marine One with the chopper in the background so he can raise his voice and, and kind of yell out whatever he wants to yell. He can't really hear the responses of the reporters. They have to stand there and cover it. I think he loves this stuff. I think it energizes him. I think it motivates him. I think it pumps him up. I think he gets in that chopper and, and he says, did you hear what I told him back there? <laughs> that was, wasn't that great. Best speech I'd ever given. <laughs> Best comment I ever made ever right back there. Write it down. Write it down. And he goes on to do whatever he does, holds a press conference, has some, uh, has some uh, controversy or fight with someone like Jim Acosta. He says, Jim, you're not fake news. I'm sorry for calling you that. You're very fake news, Jim Acosta. This stuff just, I mean, I know to some people this is off-putting. This is not presidential. This is, but as it is an important component in advancing constitutional conservatism. Democrats have no problem when they're in power. Remember, Obama basically said, hey, Obama, elections have consequences. You know, get it out of our, get out of our way. Let us, let us drive this bus and you're just along for the ride. You just take it, you just get out of the way and let us fix the problem. We're the real adults. Republicans oftentimes just nod and say, well, he's right. Elections do have consequences. Now, that never happens, by the way, when Republicans win an argument or win an election, except for when Trump's there. So I want to play this. This is Trump last night at this town hall uh, talking about the importance of fighting. And I want you we to are having the greatest year we had last year was the greatest year we've ever had economically. And I think the way we unite is really through success. But when they hit us, we have to hit back. I feel that. I mean, there's two ways of doing it, turning your cheek. But I wouldn't be sitting up here if I turned my cheek. If I said, OK, let them just keep hitting at me and I won't do it. They're not interviewing me right now. They're interviewing somebody else. Maybe they won't even be doing that because if they don't get ratings, they don't interview anybody. That I've learned. From. <laughs> but you know what? Uh, you can't turn your cheek. I mean, we get hit. We are having and you hear the, the applause there, right? What you don't see, I'm looking at it here on my on my iPhone as I'm triggering that soundbite for you. But what you don't see is the smiles, right? So the people in the audience, these are people who they're they're good, decent human beings. I mean, obviously we don't know all of them, but they but collectively, the people who are uh, kind of the core of the Republican Party, and there's always exceptions. There's bad apples in every group, so please don't misunderstand me. And by the way, we're all sinners in need of the grace of Jesus Christ. But I'm just saying that people in the the, the base of the Republican Party, these are folks who believe in traditional values. They don't like to have fights and disagreements. These are folks a lot of times who say, I don't talk about politics because I just want to live my life. And that's commendable. I'm not trying to say anything about that. I will challenge the notion 
um, that that's always the right thing to do in the sense that it leads to craziness prevailing. You know, what allows, you know, if we can nip craziness in the bud, if we have a kid who comes to us and says, hey, you know, reading some books on Fidel Castro today, sound like a great guy. And you say, hey, knucklehead, Fidel Castro murdered hundreds of thousands of people. The ideology of communism killed over 100 million people in the 20th century. Nothing good about that. Why don't you go read some other books? <laughs> because that isn't going to cut it. Right? There's a, there's a need for that. I'm not saying it. But there's also something respectable about people who say, look, I'm just trying to live my life. I don't want to have fights at the grocery store. <laughs> I don't want to have to, you know, every decision about what I eat, what I drink, what I wear, uh, what TV shows I watch, you know, all these things. I don't want those to define me. I don't want those to all be political. I just want to live my life and go about my business without having to worry about controversy or Antifa at the grocery store blocking me from the produce section or whatever, right? But they're nodding at this. They're smiling at this and they're clapping at this because they say, you know what? Even though I don't, I don't want to have those conflicts and controversies in my life. I love that President Trump does it because he's right. Because he's right. Because at the end of the day, what we have oftentimes is a bunch of well Republicans who just are not willing to have the fight. They extend that attitude that I described, the one that says, "I don't, you know, I don't want to get into what people." think and you know it's their life of course it's their life but the problem is the other side wants to say whatever that they whatever they believe needs to become the law of the land needs to be something that i believe needs to be the way that i should live that you should live that is a problem persuade me in the public square all you want but don't use the force of government to make me anyway it is important that trump is a fighter folks love that and we haven't even begun to see the beginning of what the 2020 fight's going to look like. More on this when we get back. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. Welcome back. So talking a little bit about the Trump uh, town hall last night talking about a couple of key factors. Last uh, segment, we talked about Trump and his willingness to fight. And this has been absent in the Republican Party in large part for a long time. Look, I'm not suggesting that no one has fought, but I will say this. No one fights like Trump. (laughs) No one is as uh, intense about it, I guess, or as focused on it as Trump using all available means necessary to him from nicknames to tw- to tweets to you know press conferences to rallies I mean the guy is going to hit back and this look I mean this resonates with people and it doesn't just resonate with Republicans this is one part I want to share about this town hall before we wrap up and move on to something else it'll actually serve as a good segue as I'm thinking about it, um, to to play some thoughts from the left, from the radical left, from the Democrat Party at large, but from the radical left in particular, to their their thoughts and feelings on a uh, Joe Biden presidency. So during last night's town hall, there is a a Democrat that told us he's voted 
Um, he was a lifelong Democrat, but he voted for Trump in 2016, and he's going to vote for Trump in 2020. So there's an exchange, Martha McCallum kind of talking to this member of the of the audience, this lifelong Democrat who's voted for Trump. And I just want you to hear this because this is going – there is there is a connection that Trump has with the forgotten blue dog Democrat, with the Reagan Democrat wing of the of the Democrat Party, it, it's it's largely been eradicated and replaced by the radical left. Ironically, the Reagan Democrats were there during the Cold War, and they were fighting against the communists, against that broken, uh, depraved ideology built upon socialism. Today, the party is embracing at least the underpinnings, right? The the basic economic socialistic promises and utopian nonsense that is espoused by the communists not saying socialism equals communism i'm saying that communism includes socialism and it's taken uh, to a, a greater extreme is what it is so there's this conversation and this is this is what people in the democrat party fear the most, this is why people fear a Sanders candidacy because he's not going to be able to get people like this Democrat. And it's also why uh, they fear a Biden candidacy because Biden is a one man gaffe machine. In fact, I'm going to play a clip that someone's put together just of gaffes and silly things he said in this campaign season alone. And it's like three minutes long, but you'll get a kick out of it. Doesn't even include corn pop. But I want you to hear this. This is why they're scared. Listen to this exchange. You are really the, the typical voter. I think you are lifelong, we lifelong Democrat who crossed over and voted for President Trump in 2016 in areas like we are in right now in Luzerne and Lackawanna County. So, you know, obviously now Joe Biden or Bernie Sanders, whoever it is, is going to try to get your vote back. So I'm just I'm curious, is there anything that or any issue that they could answer for you that would change your mind, do you think? I'm focused on the economy and on regulation and deregulation, and I like what's happened in the country in the last four years. And I'm, Thank you. Uh, thankful Thank for you, your David. efforts, sir, and uh, I hope we can continue on that. So he's shaking, you his, are he's shaking his head no. The- he's shaking his head no. You can't hear him say no. Over the applause, I think they may have taken the mic from him at that point, too, because they thought he was finished. But no, nothing, nothing you can do, nothing Bernie Sanders can do, nothing Joe Biden can do, nothing, nothing Michael Bloomberg could do before he spent a half a billion dollars and dropped out of the race. Nothing Elizabeth Warren can do, whether she's Native American or not. None of these folks can do anything because Trump has delivered. And this resonates, folks. This resonates, this resonates, this resonates. This is real. People feel this, and the Democrat Party fears it to the nth degree. I have to take a break. You're listening to conservative, not bitter talk. We're going to, when we get back, I want to talk with you about the Democrat Party. I want you to hear a a breakdown. I'm pausing here because hopefully I have enough time before in this hour, but I want you to hear a breakdown here um, from a radical leftist over this concept of a Joe Biden candidate uh, candidacy uh, nomination. So we'll talk about that when we get back. You'll listen to conservative Not Better Talk, where, yes, 98% of scientists agree that listening can, in fact, cause you to lean to the right back here in just a minute. 
I shared last segment that we have some fear in the Democrat Party, right? They're they're afraid of what I of that soundbite of, of of that clip of last night's uh, town hall with Trump. Last night's town hall, they're talking to some lifelong Democrat in the crowd. He voted for Trump in 2016. He's doubling down on that vote, going to support him in 2020, and even takes it to another degree to where he says, "Look." There is nothing that they can do to win my vote. It doesn't matter if it's Chuck Schumer, Elizabeth Warren. Of course, it's not going to be Elizabeth – not Chuck Schumer. I'm sorry. I'm looking at notes here. Guess it, could, it could be Chuck Schumer. It could be Michael Bloomberg. It could be Joe Biden. It could be Corn Pop. It could be any number of people, <laughs> any number of people. Um, it could be Bernie. doesn't matter, he says. I'm not going to vote for them in 2020. So this this has the left concerned, and I want to play, oh boy, venturing into dangerous territory here. This is a couple minutes long. This is a guy by the name of Cenk Uger of the Young Turks. Uh, Young Turks, I don't know if you're familiar with the Young Turks. Uh, Turks, that is a slip of the tongue. <laughs> the Young Turks. Um, if he is, uh, well, he's, he's a radical leftist. He's a radical leftist. He's got this this program that espouses radical leftism, and um, he's not a fan of Biden. I get the bleep button ready here to do this. This is, again, Jank Uger. It's spelled C-E-N-K, but it's pronounced Jank. I even watched a video on how to pronounce his name where he explained it to us. He said he wouldn't get mad if I got it wrong, so if I get it wrong, Jank, I do apologize, and I appreciate that. Jank Uger, melting down about Joe Biden on one of his uh, programs. I saw this tweeted out two days ago. I got to get the bleep button ready for this, though. Here we go. Making, We thought we – look, a week ago, I would have told you – I did tell you. Super Tuesday, I think we got this. Remember, we were talking about Whisper of a Dream. I think it might be over on Super Tuesday. So I'm not saying this for, on behalf of TYT or anything like that. We thought it was almost over. Bernie was going to win. Now it's not over. Now we're in a tie. And now we got absolute dig-in warfare against the establishment. But we didn't start the war. They'll lie about it again. We didn't start the war. They started the war. They've been lying about Bernie since. For God, Castro, I could give you a thousand examples. Bernie Sanders said the same exact thing as Obama. Everyone on TV is lying like, oh, my God, what an outrageous thing Bernie Sanders said. Obama said the same thing. No, get, shut up. Don't cover it. Don't cover it. Don't cover it. Obama said the same thing. Is Obama pro-Fidel Castro? Same exact thing. God, tell the truth. Truth. If you're not going to do it, we're going to do it, okay? And so you want to go to war? We'll go to war. And that is what this is. We cannot let Biden win. Guys, not just on progressives versus establishment. This is so important. I need you to understand this. Biden is not going to beat Trump. Biden is either near senile or actually senile. Watch any of the tapes. And Biden lies nonstop. He's going to get caught. He's okay. The media is covering for him, but they're not going to be able to cover when the Republicans come for him. And when Trump comes for him, he's not going to beat Trump. 
The establishment candidate is less likely to beat Trump anyway. We just had 2016, the establishment candidate lost to a doofus like Trump. And now here we go, an establishment candidate that is far worse with mental his mental faculties under question. His record worse than Hillary Clinton's. He lies a thousand times more than Hillary Clinton did, right? And you're gonna run that guy against Trump and we're gonna lose to Trump again and maybe lose our democracy? Hell no, hell no. No, Bernie Sanders is gonna win this race. And I'm telling you right now, and it's not just, hey, we let's go fight, it's also a prediction. Biden is not capable of winning this. And I'm, we're not doing any brokered convention where they give it to someone who didn't get less votes. Not going to happen. Bernie Sanders is gonna be the nominee, I'm telling you right now. Yes. All right, there you go. <clears throat> and Oz is telling me it's time to take a break. Boy, I, I need to take a break after that. I. That that was what you can't see, and sometimes, uh, you know, there's some upgrades we're looking at making here, video-wise, in the future as we grow, that will allow you, if you're watching on Facebook or something, to see what I'm seeing. Because I'm, I'm playing video clips, um, and, and you're hearing the audio. What you're not seeing, of course, since you're only hearing audio over the radio waves or on your podcast or whatever, you're not you're not able to to see the reaction, the faces, the intensity. <laughs> you can hear the intensity, but watch it. I mean, he's like punching his hands, like, you know, he's he's all he's all fired up about this, telling his audience that see, he he's from the perspective of the the left's got to win. The 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 radical left has to win. Uh Bernie's our guy. Biden can't win this election. He's going to get beat by some doofus like Trump, that's what he said. And so this is the battle within the party, but within that you can see you can see some of these fears manifesting themselves. The the fears of Democrats voting for Trump uh, is being one of those fears. By both sides, I would I would add, by the way. Biden Biden supporters say the radical left, or if Bernie wins, he's gonna drive people in the middle to Trump. Bernie supporters say what this guy just said. Biden's a liar. Biden's a doofus. <laughs> Biden's a one-man gaffe machine. When the Republicans start going after him, he's going to be exposed. The media can't cover for him. We're going to lose those voters as well. So that's what's going on. I have to take a break. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. Yes, I got a message, Tyler, here on Facebook. People do listen to to Mr. Uger. They do listen to the Young Turks, and not only that, these guys they vote, folks. These they're 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 angry. They are mad. They're mad that their ideology is not being accepted. They're mad that the Democrat Party is colluding against Bernie to steal the nomination from him in 2020 and that's what they're doing they're trying to prevent it and i can't say i blame them but it's just ironic to watch their own terms and words be turned and used against them phrases that are popular focused on trump and in reality it's exactly what's happening in the democrat party anyway more to say about this and other things in the second hour appreciate you listening sdg see you on the other side of the hour <laughs> 